Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. Folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 141 today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the recent um, New York Times UFO article that's trending right now. Um, you can check us out at mindescapepodcast.com. Uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and like our videos. And uh, you can also check us out at Patreon at patreon.com slash mindescapepodcast. For just $2 a month, you'll get exclusive content. Uh, but, um, so yeah, uh, the last couple days, Twitter's been, uh, on fire with all the UFO stuff. And, um, I think that there might be a swing or a shift happening in kind of the public consciousness aspect of this. Um, the article, that's what we said last time, bro. Well, but the, the article talks about things that weren't mentioned before. And I know, there's been a lot of people on UFO Twitter that have been calling for this article now for like a week or two. Um, uh-huh. And there's been people following it pretty closely. And you have, you know, our buddy Chris Wolford, who we've had on tweeting about it. We got Silver Record, uh, all these people on UFO Twitter kind of uh, putting all this stuff out there. Um, and then there's also some stuff that was supposedly left out having to do with, you know, the Wilson memo or the Wilson document that we've talked about before. Uh, that there was a meeting where they were talking about how uh, we have advanced uh, technology from somewhere else and that we every 10 years or so we revisit it with modern science and try and reverse engineer or understand what's going on. Um, so there's that. But that was kind of left out of the mix, and some people thought that that was going to be part of the mix. Um, and then there's others people saying that this could still come about too it's not a uh this isn't over yet and actually the, i think the um blumenthal i believe is his name somebody uh part of the new york times he um he messaged back to somebody that uh there might be more to come too so or they couldn't put everything in that article or something like that so well that's uh, a massive tidbit if they do have right technology that i don't know if it's i guess it's from the past or the I, well, I, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of aligns with the whole Bob Lazar sh- stuff, you know. We exactly we there's a ton of people that believe in UFOs that don't believe Bob Lazar, and then there's tons of people that do believe in UFOs that think he's telling the truth or part of his story is true. Or um, there's even speculation that maybe he was convinced Bob Lazar was convinced that this was true, but maybe it wasn't. So there's a lot of different variations or takes on the story. Um, I think there are things that he knew about or predicted that obviously are the reason why people believe his story and then other things like being in phone directories and stuff like that. But so back to this article though, and it just kind of reiterates some of the stuff from the initial uh, New York times article a few years ago uh, when all these videos came out, you know, with the whole Lou Elizondo and the ATIP program and all that stuff. And then you have as part of, This article, though, I think they added in there the stuff about uh, Eric Davis, who's an astrophysicist who was supposedly consulting on all this starting from 2007, I believe. 
and he um he's been pretty vocal that you know some of these materials may not have been created on this planet um and stuff like that so uh yeah it's some pretty interesting stuff i think that when i said the swinging consciousness I, I i just mean that when you have a steady dose of this over time with yeah. every, everything that's going on in the world right now did nobody would have believed if a year ago if i said you know this this is going to be the state of things and everything that's going on now yeah. you'd be like be careful there's no way that's some sort of dystopian future that's nowhere you know near what's going on but now i mean it's it's, it's real. real yeah it's reality so I do think that there is a um, there is a swing, you know, there is some sort of a shift, and especially if people um, you have people talking about this stuff that were never interested in it before, and a, a, a kind of my benchmark for that was actually like three years ago, two years ago, or something. My dad started talking about. It. I'm like, my dad's never been into this <laughs> stuff. I mean, maybe he thought Hello. about it or whatever, but we never talked about it. My dad's a pretty right. he's a pretty pragmatic person. Yeah. Um, and he absolutely got into this stuff and he's been watching like unidentified and stuff like that. So, um, I think no, it's I drawn a lot I think of interest. A lot of people, uh, just like regular civilians are starting to tap into this stuff. And I've had multiple conversations with people. I never thought that obviously me and you are kind of into the, the, the fringe stuff, but yeah, people that I would never think about are now, uh, talking about this stuff, which is a good thing. I think. Absolutely. I mean, so when we first started taught, I mean, when we first started doing this podcast, was it two and a half years ago now or two and a half, almost three years ago now? Um, yeah, I think so. When we first started doing it, we had a different take. We were, we were pretty actually, even though we believed in aliens and like UFOs and stuff like that, um, we were pretty skeptical still about like all these different, you know, programs and whether it be to the stars or Dr. Greer, we were still cautious about it, but slowly over time, um, I think, TTSA or to the stars Academy is at least brought some stuff that has never been brought to the table out. You know what I'm saying? So I think that there's, that's a good thing in a way. And I think that people like to dismiss it or talk shit or whatever the case may be. But in reality, like what have those people done? I see people crying and complaining all over Twitter all the time, or they have like, you know, differences of uh, opinion on certain details and stuff like that. It's like, you're, you, if you're really into UFOs and you want there to be like disclosure or you want to know something, then why are you crying about it? Like this, these are good things for the thing. There's cause you get into this wheat, these weeds where people want to control the narrative. They want to be the person that breaks the story or comes up with the best evidence. There's a very, as we talk about this all the time, the ego aspect of all these different, whether it's science or academia or, now, even some of the fringe topics, there are, while there's a lot of cool people that we talk to on a regular basis that are don't have really any ego involved, they just want to get research out there, there are a lot of people that do have big egos that, you know, they feel like they've been doing this forever, so they're owed something, or they're trying to mm-hmm. make money, or whatever the case. So, I mean, I think that that's, um, that's what's going on out there right now. But we got to dissolve the ego. That's the bottom line. If we're ever going to excel as a society and with any endeavor that we venture into, we say it all the time. It's like we don't know anything. So all these scientists that 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 puff up their chests and and claim that they know this and that, it's like in 100 years from now, we're going to be laughing at you, buddy. So I think the best approach to all this stuff, whether it be aliens or UFOs or anything, dreams, even we don't know that much. And uh 
once we accept that we don't know anything, that's when the real growth can, can occur in my eyes. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, like I said, I think that there's something, there's something happening here. Uh, hey, getting uh, back to the streets, folks. Um, but no, but seriously, I, I do think that we're going to find something out one way or another. And I will say this, let's say that some of these things are proven wrong or they're not what they, we think they are or whatever the case may be. Meaning that what if it's some sort of technology that a different country has that it, they're super advanced, you know, whether it's Russia, China or whoever could be a random uh-huh. country too. Who knows? Um, if, if that's the case, um, then, okay. I mean, that might be a possible explanation, but let's just say it's not that technology. It's not ours. It's not some sort of, um, uh, defense contractor company or something like that, or, you know, one of the, the big ones that we've talked about before. Um, if it's, it's none of that, then you get to possible natural explanations, which if, if we're looking at it objectively, we've had people on that, you know, like, um, uh, Dr. Gregory Little, who thought that possibly it could be plasma of some sort, whether it's natural or whatever the case may be. And um, he still didn't even rule out that's some sort of metaphysical um, being presence associated mm-hmm. with that. Um, I mean, so you take all those into consideration. So if it, let's just say all this stuff is... And I, I believe that there's something going on. Obviously, we don't know exactly what. But let's just say that there is... Um, there, there, this, there is nothing to this, or maybe we're over, we're just, um, we're all down this rabbit hole and there's really something that can be explained through this whole process. Then you still can't rule out alien life. They just came out with a new updated, um, uh, which we call it, uh, Drake Telescope? equation. No, Drake oh, equation yeah, where yeah. now they've boiled it down to, there could be like 36, um, possible advanced civilizations just within our galaxy so um so yeah so it does just because whether this is true or not true or people you know going back and forth again i believe that there's something to all this obviously uh but if there's not and we find out that there's not that still doesn't rule out life other places in the universe so yeah i always have a trouble with the drake equation because we only know of life on one planet so if we did know there was life on at least one other planet, then we could start making equations. But the fact that we only know about it being on one particular place, it's hard to draw. Again, I, I think there is life out there just by the grand scope of things. But to be able to create equations based on only one location of life, you're still just, you're still just tooting in the wind, if you will, in my eyes. Um... Yeah, I think, well, look, it's all, again, it's always fun to speculate. And I think right. that we try and on this podcast not speculate so much. You know, we try uh-huh. and look to actual explanations or evidence or things, you know, the the real stuff behind some of these topics and categories. But I do. It's um, impossible not to at some point. Right. You, know, you have to go out there. And, and it's fun, you know, but I think that there is a, uh, it becomes problematic when it's only speculation and then you take your speculations and you make speculations off that. And then you've created this like whole, yeah. whole world or universe of speculation. And I think that, um, that's where we are sometimes. Um, but yeah, so, so back to the article though, um, this, everybody's been waiting for this crash retrieval. Like they want to know, 
what what do we have if anything and what's going on with it so i think that that's an important aspect of this too because if we do have stuff um that's either landed here or um what's it lazar on that joe rogan episode uh insinuated that there was maybe some sort of archaeological dig in the past where they found something Mm -hmm. um so i mean who knows i think that uh i don't know I want to believe this stuff for sure. I'm not like one of these people like, oh, I want to believe and like try and connect the dots, but I try and look at the the evidence objectively and I there's something weird going on. I don't know what it is, but I mean, look at we had Sean Cahill on talking about the Tic Tac incident. Yeah. Um, and that But all these different things could be something unrelated. That's cuz like you if you if you take all the information, you have Gregory Little's stuff about you know the plasma so that could be accountable for some of those experiences and then i don't know i'm starting to lean towards maybe there were civilizations on actually on earth that had technologies that we didn't so that we don't have now so so that would go to the idea which is a um an idea thrown around obviously by different people but um there is uh who i think will it would be the breakaway civilization aspect, which, as you mentioned, maybe in the past there was some advanced civilization that reached a certain level and they're still hanging around or they're in some remote outpost or they're living in some way that's not possible that we could fathom or, or the interdimensional aspect of it where these things are popping in and out of this dimension. Um, I'm not even going that far. I was just thinking, because we, we we have a lot of information about the Younger Dryas, so we can probably go out on a limb and say that there was some cataclysm, massive flood, I, whatever else happened, I'll leave that up in the air. But there, don't you think there could have been a civilization that had some serious technologies that was uh, was washed away in that, in that cataclysm? Um... I don't know. That's a tough one because on the one hand, you know, I do believe that there was civilizations that had, you know, advanced technology, but not, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know if it elevated to the point past where we are now. I'm not saying it's not possible, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, you know, when we think about Gobekli Tepe or whatever, you know, if you even look at the T pillars of Gobekli Tepe, that doesn't scream. We're able to build these flying saucers that are interdimensional do you know what i'm saying like it doesn't yeah i agree with that but there's also depictions of of saucers and some of those those kate those drawings and carvings and stuff like that yeah but okay so the one that people always refer to i think it's at the temple of seti that the egyptian that's that's been debunked that's easy to debunk what it is is they're they're hieroglyphs that were layered over time meaning that they looked like something else like there were certain types of hieroglyphs that were layered yeah. over with other hieroglyphs, almost like scratching something out on paper and writing something over it. It's the same right. concept. It just gives that illusion of those things. Oh, so that that saucer just came out as things were chipped away. Right. Okay. So that's debunked. but again, that's 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 our interpretation of something. Does that no, mean because it's 100% I mean, we're real? Able, I don't know. Well, we know we can figure we can read the hieroglyphs. So if we know this one on top of this one, this is what they meant back then, and then this is what they put over it. Well, I mean, that's that should be easy to point out. Um, now, that being said, we know that the pyramid looked far different back then, too. I just, I don't like correlating 
the megalithic structures to this stuff because I just don't think that there's that connection. And if there was, there hasn't been any evidence to suggest that they were capable they were capable of this whole other thing, which would be creating some sort of thing that we can't even create now when we have everything at our disposal. Well, let me ask you this. What do you think is more of a, a possibility that actually beings from a different galaxy came and visited us or that our civilization on Earth got to the point where we were able to build things that can fly and maneuver in ways that we don't have at right now. I don't think it necessarily even has to go back as far as what you're talking about. And when I say that, I mean, think about World War II. There, people could have just gone somewhere where, or figured something out. You know what I'm saying? Or before yeah. World War II or a little bit after, whatever the case may be. It doesn't have to be ancient times. It seems, uh, but the World War II stuff, that's all, what is that, seven, uh, that's like 80 years ago, right? Yeah. So, 80, 90 years ago. So it, it, almost 100 years, you're telling me that something else has Well, that's what, yeah, people out. like 70, 80 years, we haven't, you know, this has been going on where these conversations have been happening and, you, you know, you look at Roswell and all these things. Um, I thought that that George Knapp, uh, Jeremy Corbell uh, interview on Joe Rogan was pretty good. Um, uh-huh they were talking about some of the stuff that we're talking about right now. And um, what did they say? They said something. Well, actually George Knapp alluded to an article coming out, which now we know just came out. Um, And there have been obviously people on UFO Twitter saying this for the last few weeks as well. Um, In terms of what they were talking about though, again, you look at the Bob Lazar stuff. It's interesting. Are there parts of his story that don't make sense that don't add up? Yeah, there are. And is there parts of it that, do make sense that do add up yeah there are so it's one of these dichotomies where you just don't know which avenue but if they do come out and they do find out or they do report that there has been retrieved craft or there is things beyond this world that we don't know about that we have that we can't reverse engineer well i think that that justifies so either somebody told him all this and he figured it out or he was there and he did experience these things and in that case, you know, where do we go from there? There's going to be a lot of people that look really stupid that were pretty adamant. So, well, get back to that article. You were saying that they had technologies that, um, they're from the past, right? That they found stuff. Yeah. Okay, so that I mean that fits but, but, directly but, in with. Yeah, but you're talking about from the past so if they found something from the past that doesn't mean that it came from us number one like you were saying like is it more likely that it came from here yes but is that the case you have you you go either way on that because oh uh, well i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to fight that point i'm just saying that i'm I'm trying to support bob lazar's whole spiel where he was talking it sounds like it's directly lining up with, with the stuff that he was saying yeah well again and maybe that's the case but we there are the I don't know. We're in a weird place where I do feel like some of the scientists that were pretty vocal before are being quiet. Um, and you also do have the skeptics that will always be skeptics. You know, your Mick West, right. your Michael Shermer, you know, all those people. And that's fine. I understand. You want to do that? That's fine. Um, but that's not looking at things objectively. You can't, If you can't go in with a skeptic mind and say that you're looking at things objectively because you're not. That's just, that can't exist in that world. Objectively means that you're actively entertaining all, all possibilities. So, yeah. Well, I don't know how deep it goes. I don't know how 
these guys the function and how they make their money. Like if they caved in on the I'm whole not even saying UFO. that they're making tons of money. I mean, I know Michael Shermer's written some books about it or he reads these great courses, things on it. And I know Mick West has like a website and stuff like that. I don't know how they, whether they take donations or if they have some way to monetize it. I don't really know. But I just mean in terms of you're actively out there doing something from one point of view. And while you have the one side, which is yes, yes, yes. We want it to be real. These things exist, blah, 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 blah. Um, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world to have the counterbalance of it, but in the counterbalance, there's a lot of, um, you know, hoo-ha. Well, no, they're just, the skeptics want to play dirty. You know, it's, they want to, make people look like idiots or sound like idiots and they'd have, mm-hmm. they have a better answer. So if you're going to do it that way, then I don't have any sympathy when the people come for you. But, um, if you want to, well, that's the way it sounds like everything happens, especially, you know, with the metaphysical in general, where when you're talking about spirituality and things like that, you get these materialists and they, they really jam it because they have, they have actual credible, not credible per se, but they have material, things to show you and right. accounts and stuff that you can actually test in this realm. And that's a lot easier. It's a lot harder to be like, I'm going to trust in faith and, you know, go on this feeling that I have, or you can look at more numbers and materials and this and that. And then for, you know, as a human living in this material world, right. not as a material girl, but it's a lot easier to go with that. Those, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's going to win the argument a lot easier than you're like, well, you got to have faith and, if even if deep down you feel like a loved one that's passed away is with you and stuff, well, that might be your brain playing tricks on you and this and that. So, you know, those guys are always going to come out and they're always going to be able to uh, to beat down these other people that they're almost asking you to have more faith and um, well, take, a, take a chance on I something. I don't even know if it's more faith. What you have with the UFO stuff is bits and pieces. You have some military reports. You have journalists looking into these things you have different aspects kind of um that come together where people create the picture and um then you have now i mean we have more stuff because of the atip program we have these three videos which i think have helped change a lot of people's minds on the possibility of, of these things existing whatever they are um so at the end of the day now there is evidence for these things where are the scientists that are analyzing them that are actually taking it seriously? Do you know what I'm saying? So Yeah. Um, so now that the things are entering into the material, people are still poo-pooing. Well, yeah, because that's just what they're going to do. Um, right. But at the same time, I do think if you are looking at it objectively, something is going on. So I think you have, you even have politicians now. There's been defense uh, department briefings you have uh, Marco, Marco Rubio uh, look into these things, um, and he's saying things like, you know, if this is from a different country, we have to look into these things. They're in our airspace. If we're, you know, if we're not keeping on top of this stuff, what are we doing? Kind of a thing, right? You know? Right. So, um, and that's kind of been um, reiterated by a few different people, which I agree with. If we don't know that there's something in our airspace, and oh, that should be top of the list. Are you kidding me? And it's connected somehow to you know, stuff happening in the military or around military stuff, then we do have to, at least we, we owe it to the the country and the people to look into it and see what the hell is going on. 
Yeah, if there's stuff in our airspace, we be, and it's not ours, we better pray that it's aliens. Because if it's other countries, well, yeah. We, and, and the only thing I would say too is, is it so compartmentalized where maybe there are different aspects within our own government that have different knowledge or things that are they're doing things that the other ones don't know about. You know, I don't think that's necessarily the case, but that definitely should be looked into as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. You can go on and on and on and on and on uh, with all this stuff. <clears throat> I just think it's interesting. We live <laughs> during these crazy times where other crazy things are happening. And now um, this comes out and I know people are, well, maybe it is an interesting time for this to come out. A lot of people are stuck at home or always on their computers now. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm a big proponent, I, especially our last episode was more all about my uh, spiritual awakening and stuff like that. But I feel a, a shift in consciousness as a whole as our society kind of moves into the future here. And this stuff is just is ripe for the time. Um, I think a lot of stuff in the next five to ten years is going to have a shift, a uh, paradigm shift over the whole society. So get ready, folks. Well, and if don't this is true and afraid. we can, if they can prove it, meaning that they, we do have craft and they're going to let it be known or whatever. I don't, who knows where this is going to go from here. But um, if that is the case, that is a paradigm shift because how can right. somebody explain it? Um, and I think if that is the case, what they should be letting these top scientists look at it so they can dump their pants when they're, you know, Hey, so you they, got a depends I can borrow? <laughs> um, I mean, look, I've said it before too. Everybody wants there to be aliens, but hypothetically, let's say you're sitting in your chair at nighttime in your living room and all of a sudden mm -hmm. an alien walks through the door. Are you going to feel so warm and fuzzy then? You know, it's, it's <laughs> or you're your Joaquin Phoenix but, watching the news and all of a sudden the alien walks by. And Well, again, we've had different people on with different theories. We've, had, we've talked with uh, Dr. Michael Masters, um, who is a, uh, I think he's an evolutionary anthropologist, I believe, or something like that. Uh, he's a teacher too. Um, and he wrote the book, uh, Identified Flying Objects. And he right. believes that these craft beings are time travelers. They're us. They're just from the yeah. future, uh, which could, that could make sense. You know, if you look at where we came from evolving from uh, primates to what we look like now, to what we'll look like possibly in the future, you know, and you have space travel and then we know that people lose bone density and um, things like that happen. Who knows what will happen if you're traversing time and space like that on a regular basis, you might look completely different. So um, we've had that. We've had, again, Dr. Gregory Little who talked about his plasma stuff. Um, and then we've had, I'm trying to think who else, obviously we've had Chris Wolford on who's big into the, um, the, the, uh, to the stars Academy. Um, we've had Sean Cahill who was on the USS Princeton during the USS Nemitz Tic Tac incident. He had his own, uh, sighting experience and he, you know, that's a great episode too. If people haven't checked that, I mean, all the ones I just mentioned are great episodes, but the, mm -hmm. I think the Sean Cahill one's specifically compelling because he actually saw something. So yeah, I, I'm not sure. Have we found like other organisms, like li live organisms on different planets at all? No. Okay, so the well, okay, so so there has been reports in the past that we might have found like fossilized microbes on Mars, but then they'll come out and say, "Oh, we were wrong. It was this other thing or something right. like that." Um, they, I think they have found uh, that things living on the outside of the International Space Station, and then I think they have found tardigrades 
on the moon, mm-hmm. um, which we've talked about tardigrades, which are also known as the water bears. They're extremophiles. Um, and, Ugly looking thing. And they, um, they dehydrate themselves so they can stay alive and like crazy, whether it's hot or cold or they've survived nuclear blasts. I mean, they're yeah, crazy. the seven cataclysms we're aware of that yeah. the earth has endured. So if you look at that and you know, there's speculation that, you know, the earth could be constantly be seeded um, from the universe too. And that could be happening all over the place too, or panspermia directed panspermia. Um, uh-huh. So uh, I think that when you look at this phenomenon, it's something that's always just out of the grasp, though. It's always just out of reach. I don't think that, and my per, this is my personal opinion, I don't, even if you get into the government stuff, and I don't think that there's one person or a group of people or whatever that have all the answers or know what's really going on. I think that there's people that have better ideas. So when you I know at, there isn't one person that has well, all yeah, the so, answers. Well, yeah, so, but my point is when you look at the government, people are like, oh, they're, they know this or they know that. Well, What I would say is they have better tools to monitor things, you know, radar, uh, you have all the FLIR cameras, you have all the stuff. So they they have a better idea, but I still don't think they have the whole picture, and I don't think anybody does. Right. No, I I, I agree. I don't think anybody, I don't think we really know what the hell we're doing here. And that's that's the whole game of life is trying to figure out what your own path is, and then if you can kind of figure out your own path and it allows you to help other people find their own path. So it's just a big learning experience. That's why I, I get so down on these people that are, they're so set in their ways. It's like, first of all, we're never going to break new ground unless you think about all, we always bring it up, but think about all the musicians and the artists and stuff. These people like the Beatles, when they did Sergeant Peppers and shit, it, people, it shocked people's minds. I think some guy gave it a horrible review cause it was just so out there, but that's mm-hmm. the way, people are it's like when you get a big something new that's completely out there at first it, you're not gonna like it every band that i've that i love right now fish grateful dead radiohead wilco i didn't like the music when i first heard it i didn't i didn't get it i thought it was bad and that's the kind of stuff that like grows on you over time but that in my opinion i think that's the stuff that actually lasts the test of time hmm. yeah I, I, well there's certain elements to those bands that you mentioned that you wouldn't get from like a conventional band one being that they're musically inclined you know Uh look at fish as musicians they're far better than any musician you're going to find any sort of pop song or something that's on the radio or whatever the the most part yeah uh i mean there might be a couple hired guns here and there playing on other people's records but in terms of like bands and quality i think that um there's something to that and there's like there's a reason why there's um you know, a cult following for the dead and fish. And it's because they do something with their music where they're kind of, they take they you take on a risks. journey. Well, they yes. take risks. They implement tension and release, which is not a, um, a very well, um, used. It, like, I don't hear people using that in other contexts in music that know what they're doing or know how to yeah. use that. So there's that. I mean, and, and there's a reason, you know, they, these, songs tell stories and i think we right. lo- we love a good story we love a good myth you know we just did all those episodes on all those stars myth star myths with uh uh david matheson and the two that we did with arthur um from norse secrets and i think that those were great episodes and i think i learned a lot too um that was one that's aspect of 
that kind of stuff I really hadn't looked too much into before, but uh, I really enjoyed it. No, that, that. Should, that, that, that fired me up. It took me to a point where I wanted to get out there and start shooting the stars and, and the comets and stuff more. Yeah. I mean, I'm a landscape photographer, but the sky is just a whole new playground for that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so, But I, I do think that uh, with the UFO thing and this article coming out, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Is this something that's going to die down again a little bit? And then, you know, there'll be another article like, where is this going? Cause if this is just the, the pattern, right? Like you mentioned like, Oh, another article. Oh, people are going crazy over. Oh, then it dies down or something else happens or the two day news cycle or whatever takes over. And there's something else that's more important or whatever the case may be. Um, is that going to keep happening? And if so, where is that leading us? So I think that this will be interesting to follow going forward. Um, so far, I've actually enjoyed uh, the Unidentified um, series. We're going to have Chris Wolford back on soon. I don't nice the next week or two, I would assume, uh, to talk about what the Unidentified series has done so far. The first episode was about like uh, older, like, sightings in Vietnam with some older guys and some weird things that happened there that couldn't be explained. And then, uh, the last episode was about the triangular, the black triangular, uh, UFOs that people see. And if that's our own government, people call them TR three or T three, TR three Bs. I think they're called. Um, Mm -hmm. and is that us or is that something else? Um, so that's kind of an interesting one as well, but we'll see where this goes. What was that satellite that, uh, Tesla, Said he had the, the Black Knight satellite, or yeah, it, did Tesla say anything about that though? I don't know if he did. I thought I was reading something about him yeah, saying you could, he was you could read frequencies of, from yeah, you could read a lot. Of well, right, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's real or not. But, but what I'm saying is, what you could have been reading could have been some like bullshit site or article. Like that's what I'm saying. You have to look hard at these things to make sure you're not reading like the Inquirer or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, I wasn't on that site, but yeah, I, I, I should double check. Yeah, but if you're looking again. on like Twitter or Facebook or whatever, something might pop up. You might not even look at the source and just start reading the article. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, we know t- Nikola Tesla was into uh, metaphysical things and he believed he was like downloading information and that's how he came up with some of the stuff he did and when he would go into his thought experiments he would um, be able to visualize some of these things which I think is for anybody that's a visionary that's a huge that's why people when they meditate or whatever they have psychedelic experience that visualization of a concept is very important Um, so but uh, yeah keeping your mind open to the frequencies that are out there so what do you think from because you you talked a lot of shit when we the first one we did on this. Oh, I always talk shit, baby. No, but I'm saying back in the day when we first started doing I think the first episode we did on this kind of stuff was with Emerson and it it was pretty skeptical. I think that's after that time that was after that Tom DeLong Joe Rogan thing. And right, I th- yeah, I, th- yeah. I thought that that was actually a mistake by Tom DeLong to go on to Rogan. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm being of, honest. I think it was a mistake to go on so quickly and maybe he underestimated Joe Rogan's um, questioning abilities. Uh, there's some people that talk shit about Rogan. Uh, again, he I don't... developed into a pretty good uh, he, yeah, host. And he, you know, people are like, oh, he's not, you know, he's, he doesn't know what he's talking about or he's not that smart. Well, I, I beg to differ. I actually think he's pretty smart and the people that he gets on are pretty smart, the scientists and stuff like that. So, um, you know, and there's a lot of other podcasts that 
try and critique him and like dude you have like a thousand followers this dude's got millions and millions and even yeah but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're but what i'm saying is is that he he commands an audience and then when he interviews these people like when he interviewed george knapp and when he interviewed lazar he wasn't asking like as a fan he was asking some pretty hard questions like you can't you can't go into these things being like the people that criticize him are usually people that want to hear him say oh i believe in ufos they exist which we all want to believe that but i think you have to take a critical look at these things you can't just be a fanboy asking questions i don't think that that works out that's just an echo chamber but for him to be as successful as he is we've learned this lesson too not that we've done it or anything but when you especially with like political stuff or whatever you may be talking about if you go one way or the other you're immediately going to cut your fans in half so i think he's aware of keeping his his views within and then kind of being in the middle and then he can navigate from there because then he's never alienating anybody and then he's not going to have people listening and be like oh well he's he's the alien guy and i'm against aliens so now i'm done with the show you know what i'm saying well it's there are of, people that say that and there, there's people that he says when he says he doesn't fully believe or he doesn't know yet, or he changes his mind, or whatever the case may be. Well, that's people. the Bigfoot guy. <laughs> so, but I, I, I use that as an example because, like, I think about that too. Like, that, since we started doing this podcast, my views have changed. I, I feel kind of like I understand his evolution of his show. If you look at the very early episodes and the stuff that he was saying and believing to where he is now, I kind of identify with that in a way from doing our own podcast with our own topics and, um, you know, guests and things like that. While I still believe there's something to the metaphysical and fringe stuff, I also don't believe as much of it as I once did. So there is this, um, there's this back and forth. Well, that's that's a big important concept to, to to look at. Like I'm a photographer, so I look back at the stuff I was doing three years ago, and I just I'm ashamed of it because it's so bad. But then I remind myself, it's like, dude, that's a good thing because. If you looked back and thought it was amazing, then you wouldn't be growing in any which way. So right. the fact that we can change our opinions, change our minds, that's just that's that's us evolving as a person, regardless of what the concept is. Right. So I think that's a good thing in your book. Yeah, I would agree. But just what I'm saying is like so I do think that that Tom DeLong going on there early was a mistake. What he should have done is waited and then gone on with like Lou Elizondo too and had somebody else like his while he's part of To the Stars Academy and stuff like that, I would say that Lou Elizondo is actually the reputable aspect of it. Not that Tom DeLonge isn't a part of it or he doesn't know what he's talking about. Maybe he does. No, but, but he's still a Blink-182 dude. And Right. Well, I just think that there's that – that, that shouldn't matter either, but I just think that there's more – when you're trying to bring credibility to something – That's what I'm referring to. Again, right. I, it doesn't affect my mind, but if, if you're just a Joe Nobody and you're like, oh, the guy from Blink-182 is into aliens now. Let me pop this on and watch. It's going to be a lot harder to sway them, whereas you have a, a, a Elizondo type on there who has more of a commanding authority uh, figure it'd right. be a little more more credibility in that department. But I think since that, I think DeLong has gained more uh, accountability. Yeah, again, I don't – I just think uh, when you looked at what was going on, there wasn't this big push yet. And I just think that the thing that killed the Rogan DeLong interview that, that was early on was the fact that he couldn't say much. 
You know, he actually mm-hmm. wasn't talking that much about those three videos because there wasn't, he was just talking about who was part of the two of the stars Academy and who was on his team, but he couldn't answer a lot of questions and he couldn't remember you know. when he played that video and Rogan's like, this is, this is fake, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so I, again, <laughs> that's CGI and it's not good CGI. I, I do. I do think that that was a mistake, but at the end of the day, um, who knows? I hopefully Rogan will have, uh, Lou Elizondo on, even if it's not with Tom DeLonge or anybody else, because I think that that should be that should be an interview to be uh, put out there for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm also interested in seeing how uh, Tom DeLonge, like if he did, if he was just a nobody, how high up in that company would he be? Because obviously he has clout because he has dough, so he's dumping money into it. Like that'll that'll raise your status a lot quicker than just having the know-how, the know-with-all, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, look, like I When did he turn from from guy in van looking for UFOs to all of a sudden Mr. Scientist, man? Well, you he know? talks about it in that interview and meeting certain people and, and trying to get in that way. You know, like if you listen to that Rogan interview, he does explain that. Right, but the only way he met them was because of his fame from the band anyway. Right. It wasn't like he just like pulled off the streets like, okay, this guy has people that are like listening no, to right. him. No, right. Well, the other thing is is it had this whole thing sounded like an initiative like, hey, we know there's something here. What's the best way to disseminate this to the masses? Well, uh-huh. if you were asking me to somebody that promotes like our podcast and stuff, having some, being attached to a bigger name or somebody that has a lot of popularity or clout is the best way to get information out there because more people are going to listen whether they take it seriously or not you'll have people that'll look at the evidence for what it is well scott stapp from creed's available should we try and get him he should take a scott (laughs) nap (laughs) yeah um but yeah, so I, I, if you look at the evolution of this from even that first episode that we did on this to now, I mean, my mind's changed a few different times back and forth, and I keep an open mind. I'm not willing to die on one hill and say it's for sure this or it's for sure that or these people have it right and these people don't or whatever the case may be. I'm just an observer. Like when I'm on UFO Twitter, I just read everybody's stuff and deduct my mm-hmm. own opinions and philosophies from there. Well, I think if you keep an open mind, you are going to be a waffler. You're going to be flip-flopping back and forth because something's going to come out that sways you one way. You go, okay, that makes a lot of sense, and something new comes out. So it's a it's a tug of war with the mind. I think that's the same kind of views you've had on the whole spirituality thing, and um, hopefully we'll, yeah, we'll that, get I mean, you set up. That's, that's the other aspect of this, though, too, is this idea that these things could be interdimensional, um, they could be somehow related to our spirituality. Um, yeah. I mean, you see that there's people that suggest, obviously, all this stuff, you know, correlations to ancient texts and religious texts, and you mentioned some of that stuff earlier, and then you have those weird um, uh, paintings from, you know, the Middle Ages and later on that have weird UFO-looking things in it where it's like, where is that a cloud? It doesn't look like a cloud, but... You know, right. that kind of stuff. So um, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I, I do think, though, that we just got to keep an eye on this. I mean, what's... So your... this article came out this week or was it yesterday? Came out yesterday. With they... Okay. Don't worry, folks. We'll get Maurice to start reading shit beforehand. But Hey, man, sometimes you got to have the everyman's view on this oh, whole thing. Oh, yeah, and... you are an everyman. <laughs> 
Um, if you had to, if you had to say for sure what you thought though, right now, like, what do you think? Do you think it is otherworldly or you think it's some ancient civilization or you, you know, what are your thoughts on it? I'm a betting, I'm a betting man. And I, I think it's a safer gamble to, to say that it's, it's all based around the earth and either it's from ancient times or interdimensional. Maybe I like the theories of us, of it's, you know, future versions of us coming back and things like that, because there is no proof that there's other life on anywhere else in the galaxy or universe. So until there is proof of that, I have to kind of stick with my view. Listen, I, I, I look up at the stars, I go, there's probably life out there, but there is no proof of that. So if I, if you're like, if you're a betting man, then you, you would probably bet more on the fact that it came from within, you know, our solar system mostly our planet because that's the only place that we know life has, ex- has existed i know people have argued that at one point mars had life on it and stuff like that but again we don't know how far back this stuff goes we know that there's been civilizations wiped out and they did know things again the pyramids aren't this like flying saucer but we can't figure out how to build these things these stone structures so Figure out how to build these these stone structures, and then I'll say that our society is smarter than that society. I, I think that they knew things about architecture that, that we didn't know, so they definitely knew other things about spirituality that we didn't know. Yeah. I mean, we know the Egyptians were pretty, pretty in tune with the dying process and taking the body apart and taking the brain apart and taking organs apart, so they definitely had a knowledge of the body and biology you look at da vinci who didn't openly do it but he would take cadaver you know cadavers and um take them apart and had a good knowledge of the body so i mean i think throughout time um you do have people and civilizations that have knowledge of things that others have never even really looked into and now we do have obviously biology and the sciences and we understand the mechanisms behind certain bodily functions and things like that but it's always an evolving picture and um yeah i think that uh i think that if you were to look at this stuff objectively you would say that yeah this is weird but what, <laughs> but what is yeah. it you know like that's the next step is what is it uh-huh. Is it interdimensional? Is it from this planet? Is it from our oceans? Is it somewhere from inside the earth? Is it somewhere from outside the earth? Is it interdimensional? You know, like what, what, what is this? That's the camp that I'm in because there's so many different options where it could be still within our earthly realm. It, number one, it could be interdimensional. Two, it could be from the oceans we barely even know about. The inside the earth we don't know we don't we just don't know enough to say it's not it we need we should start focusing on trying checking off some of the stuff on that list but right. again that's it, it takes time it takes money it takes resources and i think we're more worried about shooting stuff into space than discovering stuff in our in our own backyard that's my opinion i i and everybody should be open to new ideas and be malleable and try and be objective about these things. I'm going to read this uh, quote from Richard Feynman, who is the physicist, and um, he says, you are under uh, no obligation to remain the same person you were a year ago, a month ago, or even a day ago. You are here to create yourself continuously. Um, I, think I also read that when I was a guest on uh, 
Martin's podcast, The Alchemical Mind. So go check out his podcast if you haven't already, if you're into like alchemy and um, meditation and psychedelics and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, it's a weird world we live in, weird times. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. So that's why this doesn't surprise me in the least bit that there might be some sort of... um, Obviously, we're already into this stuff and know a lot about this stuff, but when you get into where we are, there could be something weirder that's going to even unfold in the near future, or at least I wouldn't put it past anybody. Yeah, you know, my only advice is to keep your wits with you and just be ready for some kind of change, and I know a lot of people are having some rough times with staying in and all that stuff, but you got to just accept it for what it is. The more you fight uh, what's going on, the more resistance you create, and that's just not good for life, so... Yeah, I'm, my advice is to go with the flow. I know it's a lot easier said than done, but um, it is what it is, and you can't change it. So you might as well go with it. Well, it'll be interesting to see if there is a follow-up article or to see where this progresses to. Uh, but I will say um, that uh, yeah, just like you kind of said, like keep an open mind, and even if something crazy does happen, still try and keep it in perspective and. Um, if you're at home and you said people, you know, being cooped up and getting crazy and anxiety and depression and stuff like that, use this time if you're a creative person to fuel your creative outlet, whether it's a podcast or you're going to make a movie or you're, you know, an artist or a musician or whatever it is, you know, utilize that aspect of your being. And um, I think that that's a good way to deal with everything that's going on. So. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that's a good way to connect into the unknown, whatever it may be, but centering yourself and getting yourself into that creative creative mode, right. for me at least, helps me out. I think I think everybody has some kind of creative juice flowing through them. So right. I think you know a lot of people kind of put it to the back burner, especially when they're, you're getting into these 40-hour-a-week jobs and stuff like that. I mean, the stuff that you did as a kid doesn't seem so important anymore, but I think that's... The stuff we did as a kid, it keeps your mind fresh. I mean, think about kids and their their energy levels. They don't worry about shit. They just they just create and they they see the world with these fresh eyes and stuff like that. I think if we can get back to that, it would uh it would do us all uh do us all good. I think that that's kind of the the path that the psychedelics kind of have. Like mm-hmm. when you take some 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 you know m- mushrooms or something like that, it kind of takes away this adult vision of the world and brings back the playfulness that you had when you were a kid. And if you're not, you know, an artistic or creative person or whatever, um, I would say maybe look into finding what that is for you. You know, maybe there's something you've always wanted to do, but never got into it or something like that. I think that that could be helpful too. I'm huge on creativity. We've talked about it many times on this podcast. I actually believe that our purpose is to create, is to mm-hmm. create art, is to create other life. That is our purpose, in my opinion. So, I agree with that a lot. So, um, well, is there anything else you want to say? I wanted to keep this one kind of short just because we'll have other follow-up episodes with guests on to talk about this kind of stuff. But um, I did think it was important to address this article, especially since it's a topic we've talked about many times on this podcast. I, well, I don't have anything else to say, but I think it's a good thing that we're uh, 
we're putting the information out there and we're also keeping ourselves at the forefront of all the, the new developments. So we're going to be there to capture it in its full. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> mind escape. Maurice is getting a little too uh, spiritual for his own britches. This guy's losing his mind. <laughs> no, man, I'm just, it's, it's, you can look at it in two different ways. I'm excited to be alive right now. I think that we're in an exciting time. I know a lot of people look at it with the opposite eyes, but I think that we're all here for a reason. I think that we're all here in this time for a particular reason, and there's going to be some kind of shift, which has already went underway, and I appreciate our fans. I'm glad everybody's joining us, and I want to take everybody along with us for the ride. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Tim. He just said, uh, been listening to your guys' podcast on iTunes and watching on YouTube. Keep up the great work. Thanks. We appreciate it, and uh, we appreciate the kind words. I want to give a shout-out to two new patrons that we've gotten recently. Uh, Joseph, shout-out to you, and shout-out to Ann. Uh, we appreciate you guys uh, being patrons. And, um, yeah. Beautiful. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we love everybody. Again, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do. Um, and check us out on our website, mindescapepodcast.com. And we also have a Patreon page, which has exclusive content on there. Uh, Patreon.com slash mindescapepodcast. For $2 a month, you will get exclusive content. And we're working towards some things, too. We're still working on trying to get these T-shirts made. And Maurice has been working on a Comet little short documentary-style film. And uh, Yeah, I'm chasing it, all right. <laughs> capturing the comet <laughs> it just shows you constantly moving to new places and it's it's always <laughs> raining and it's always yeah, overcast yeah. yeah i went out the other day i went up to port austin and it was massive cloud cover but i got some good pictures too again folks maybe in the next week we'll have this new video up and i'm trying to capture it for everybody i want i'm not that you know if you can go out and see it with your own eyes that's obviously the best but I know a lot of people living in these big cities, they can't go out and just look at the comet. And I, I'm right next to Detroit, so I can't just see it right out my own window. I don't know if you've had a chance to yeah, see it well, with the no, naked dude, eye. Dude, are you kidding me? The Chicago, we, there's a glow. There's like a red glow. <laughs> there's yeah. a red glow that comes off the city with all the light pollution. You can't see. I can I can only see like the, the big main stars. Yeah. So. Well, you're kind of on the outskirts, though, and it's to the north, so that's the direction that isn't the glow. Yeah, if you're looking for the comet, it's to the bottom left of the, the bottom uh, portion of the Big Dipper. If right, you're, if yeah. If you're looking for it, or Ursa Major. Yeah, um, if you're looking at the Big Dipper, look where the little where the, the cup is, I guess, and it's you'll you'll see the streak. Yeah. It's pretty pretty miraculous, but again, you got to get yourself into a darker zone. I think I'm going to go out tonight, folks, so... Send me good vibes and clear up those skies. Yeah. I, isn't it only visible for like a few more days or something? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was really visible the last couple of days because there was a, it was a new moon. So the, the moon, even the light coming off the moon kind of can can drown it out. But yeah. I'm hoping that that there's enough uh, darkness tonight. So we'll right. see what happens. Well... We'll look for that video. We'll be working on that, and uh, we'll be back next week with some episodes. Maurice might be here. He might not. We don't know what's going on yet. He might get sucked up by a uh, yeah. UFO, <laughs> or he might get sucked up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, so we'll, we'll figure no, it out. No, I'm just trying to do a lot. I'm trying to engage in as many adventures as I can. And like I said before, go with the flow, folks. 
you know what's good for you in your own life. Yeah, this might turn into a travel correspondent type uh, scenario here with this kid. Yeah. So I'm here on the edge. This kid's spiritual awakenings really taking him all over the place. So uh huh. Well, that's it again. I'll put the link to the New York Times episode down below, and um, I'll put so actually at the end of this video, I'll add um, um, on the end screens, I'll add uh, the playlist that we have for all the UFO episodes we've did with all the guests and uh, scientists and stuff. So nice, nice. That's it. So you guys take care out there. Stay safe, everybody. We love you, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Cheers. Mm-hmm.